Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 42 called Restoration and Blessing. Now I do think that there's a lesson here for us, brothers and sisters, that when we are seeking first the kingdom of God, when we're sharing our faith, when we're praying for our, our for other people, even people who might, you know, be thorns in our side, so to speak, God gives us blessings, maybe in unexpected ways. That that could be an application of verse ten, because the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends, and the Lord increased. All that Job had twofold, reading from the NIV, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had had before. Verse 10, NIV. The fortunes of Job restored. Now, Job was a very wealthy man, and in chapter 1, in the very uh, opening verses, we get an idea of what he owned, and he had uh, a lot of wealth and a big estate, and he had servants, and he had uh, 10 children, and he, had, he, he did a lot of uh, philanthropy, I can say it. He was a benevolent guy. Many people looked to Job for wisdom and help with uh, just everyday life, widows and orphans, and he was a very busy, respected man who lost everything. And so to restore his fortunes twofold is an amazing act of God's grace. And Job's been through a lot and lost a lot. And now he gets double the blessing, a double blessing, if you will. Why? Because he simply prayed, trusted God and persevered. And I think there's a, there's a lesson here for us in persevering that there's blessings on the other side of perseverance, not because we did something great or something enterprising, so to speak. Not that we shouldn't do that kind of thing, but because God just delights to bless his people. And he blessed the fortunes of Job. Write this down. This is Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 14. This uh, restoring of Job's uh, fortune may foreshadow something that happens later in the life of Israel, the restoration from the Babylonian captivity in Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me, Jeremiah 29, 12, and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I will be found by you, Jeremiah 29, 14, declares the Lord, And notice, I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. Now, that was written to the captives in Babylon who would then have their fortunes restored in Israel. And I believe that there's a foreshadowing in the Babylonian captivity and a foreshadowing in much of Israel's history, even to 1948 and 1967. And I also believe there's an end times idea here 
where the fortunes of God's people in the millennial kingdom of Jesus Christ will be restored and will be co-heirs with Christ and reign with him, Revelation 20, for a thousand years. Pretty amazing. And a beautiful picture of even Jesus as he dies, he suffers, dies on the cross, resurrects, and then is crowned with glory and honor and now is back in glory with his father over the entire universe. The fortunes restored. Then all his brothers and all his sisters and all who had known him before came to him. And uh, I'm going to give you in a moment uh, a thought about the twofold, but we'll, we'll come back to that. They ate bread, middle of 11, back in Job 42, with him in his house, new living. They feasted with him in his home, and they consoled him and comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought on him, or at least allowed on him. And each one gave him one piece of money and each a ring of gold. Now, for those of you who have studied the book of Job, you're like, where are these people been? <laughs> Say what? Now they come when everything's over, kind of at the end of his suffering. Where were they in the middle of the suffering? And some of you have questions like that. You've been through a, a tough time. You're like, uh, where's all the people? Where's all the comfort? Where's all my friends? I got these three poor comforters. Elihu shows up chapters later, but where's my brothers? Where's my sisters? And this could even mean cousins. And we don't know. We don't know if they may have been there part of the time, if they just showed up at the very end of the story, as sometimes people tend to do, giving people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes we don't know how to minister to people in their suffering. It's at the end of the suffering that they come. But notice, on a positive note, they console and comfort him, and they feast with him. Fellowship is restored. Uh, this is the first time since uh, this meal is the first celebration since chapter 1, verse 4. Reading from a commentary, Job's isolation is replaced by a joyful return to life among others. Oh, that speaks to me. Eating bread means that their fellowship is affirmed. Recently here in the office, trying to respect all the uh, things going on with numbers and social distancing, we celebrated a couple birthdays here in the office. And it was so good to be with some of our coworkers who we hadn't been with for quite some time, save uh, a Zoom meeting, you know, on our iPad or computer screen. Just so good to be with the, the brothers and sisters. And I know if you're like me, and I know, I think it, we're all this way, we're so looking forward to breaking bread together again. <laughs> we're so looking forward to some normalcy and just to be able to see each other's smiling faces again in real time, in person. Oh man, isn't it amazing how we took that for granted? Well, here Job has a chance to return to some normalcy, to hang out, just have a good time, eat some food with family. And they consoled him and they each gave him some money and they gave him some jewelry. And this is part of how Job's fortunes were restored is through family and friends. And I'll say to you just on a note from the ministry side of things, God's people are the ones that God uses to make ministry happen. 
Our radio ministry is funded by partners who give real money from real bank accounts. Living Truth Christian Fellowship, and I want to thank you for all of you who continue to faithfully give to this ministry, is uh, held up, supported, expands, impacts by the gifts given by the people of God, by the family members who partner in ministry. And though not everybody gets it, 1 Corinthians 16.2 says, Let each one of you put aside and save as he may prosper, that no collection may be made when I come. Now I say this, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, He who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Let each one do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves what? A cheerful giver. And God, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, is able to make all grace abound to you, that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. People have said often, you can't outgive God. And as the people in Job's life gave to him, he was restored. And obviously God did it ultimately, but he used some very practical means to get Job going again. And it's so wonderful to participate in blessing other people with tangible resources. And I speak on behalf of this ministry, the radio ministry, in saying we're so grateful that the people of God are serious about their investment in God's kingdom. And that's what keeps us going. That's what has provided the technology. That's what allows us to, uh, that's what allows me and the staff members to give my full time for the last 20 years by God's grace, my uh, energy and time and prayer in ministry and study and preparation and the things that uh, you guys have allowed me to do by your grace giving. The Lord's ultimately allowed it, but you guys know what I'm saying. And the Lord, verse 12, blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. He had 14,000 sheep in chapter 1, verse 3, he had 7,000, so he has double now. 6,000 camels in chapter 1, verse 3, he had 3,000, if you want to check back and forth. 1,000 yoke of oxen in chapter 1, verse 3, he had 500, so double. 1,000 female donkeys in chapter 1, verse 3, he had 500. And so everything has doubled. And in the ancient world, this is how one was primarily um, seen as wealthy, by livestock, and notice, 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys. That's, that's a very large estate. And he had, this is what's restored to him now, seven sons and three daughters. Now, that's the same number of kids that he had in chapter 1, verse 2, and all 10 of his children were killed. In his latter days, he gets the same number of kids back, double everything else but 10 children back. Why not 20? And who's his wife now? Well, I would say it appears to be the same wife from what we can tell, but he now has 10 children again, same number. You say, why? Conjecture, but think with me. Because people who die are still alive say what? See, even though Job's children, all 10 of them, experienced a physical death, 
The Bible says in the New Testament, to be absent from the body is to be what? At home with the Lord. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael Lance and the Walk in Truth team would like to invite you to our next 633 event, One Nation Under God, How America's Christian Heritage Shaped Our Country, with guest Lenny Esposito, president of Come Reason Ministries. At this free event, we will explore how Christianity played an essential role in shaping this country and how the current push toward a post-Christian culture will mean a fundamentally different America. One Nation Under God will be on July 11th at 6.33 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Or you can watch online on our YouTube channel. Learn more about 633's One Nation Under God when you visit walkintruth.com and click on events or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. 6,000 Campbells in chapter 1, verse 3, had 3,000, if you want to check back and forth. 1,000 yoke of oxen in chapter 1, verse 3, he had 500, so double. 1,000 female donkeys in chapter 1, verse 3, he had 500. And so everything is doubled. And in the ancient world, this is how one was primarily um, seen as wealthy by livestock. And notice 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys. That's, that's a very large estate. And he had, this is what's restored to him now, seven sons and three daughters. Now that's the same number of kids that he had in chapter 1, verse 2. And all 10 of his children were killed. In his latter days, he gets the same number of kids back, double everything else but 10 children back. Why not 20? And who's his wife now? Well, I would say it appears to be the same wife from what we can tell, but he now has 10 children again, same number. You say, why? Conjecture, but think with me. Because people who die are still alive. Say what? See, even though Job's children, all 10 of them, experienced a physical death, The Bible says in the New Testament, to be absent from the body is to be what? At home with the Lord. Now, that same principle doesn't seem to apply to the camels and the sheep and the donkeys, but it does to the sons and the daughters. See, men and women are made in the image of God, and we have a soul, and Jesus says our soul is the most important thing. We we can't forfeit our soul for anything, including gaining the whole world. And that's probably why there's not 20 children here, because those 10 that perished physically have souls and they're still alive. To depart and be with Christ, Philippians 1, verses 21 through 23, is far better 
Moses is alive. Job is alive. Elijah is alive. Isaac is alive. David is alive. Your loved one who died in the Lord is alive. Therefore, there's no need for a double amount of kids because those kids are just simply separated, if I can put it this way, geographically from Job at the moment. Can you fast forward to a reunion day when all 20 kids, all of Job's friends and family in the Lord have a great reunion and truly there would be a double blessing of children? Now, the only animal I don't think this applies to is dogs. All dogs go to heaven. You guys know that. But it does apply, apparently, to camels and sheep. That's a a, sort of a joke. See, the Lord delights to bless his people. And so he pours out blessings. Ephesians 1.3 says, He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. A couple of thoughts. On the other side of this pandemic, people are asking, will church ever be the same? Will everybody who went to church before come back to church? I sure hope so, because we called local golf courses to get a tea time. And one of the courses that Pastor John called is booked for the next week. I'm serious. Booked, stacked, No tea time's open for a week. I sure hope you're coming back to church because this will reveal our priorities. Now, we're going to have to be wise and we're going to have to take proper protocols. But I know for many of you, you're like, man, just say the word and I'm back in the doors and we'll, we'll be praying for wisdom. But here's the thing. I sure hope that by God's grace, when this is over, that we expect that maybe God will double our impact, double our blessings, double the people that we reach. Praise God. Do you know what I'm saying, brethren? Instead of going, well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Maybe on the other side of this suffering, this pandemic, we'll have double the blessings. How about that? How about we believe God for that? How about we ask God for that? I think that's a pretty good prayer. And maybe that's what God wants to do. Maybe instead of us wondering, will there be a church anymore? How about if the church has expanded and the numbers of people buying Bibles and responding to altar calls on live streams will actually flood into churches and we will have a revival in America? That's what we've been praying for, right? And that's what we desire to see. I believe this great gathering is also a kind of a foreshadowing of the great marriage supper of the Lamb, Revelation 19, 1 through 10. And Romans 8, 17 and 18 say, if we're children, we're heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's to be revealed to us. Romans 8, 17 and 18. And so he named of these children, here now, the daughters. Uh, let me make sure. Seven sons, three daughters, into 14. He named the first Jemima. She uh, became a person who invented syrup. Aunt Jemima. Nothing, not even from the tech team? Come on. Her name actually means turtle dove or a graceful bird or plant or precious stone. The second was Keziah. 
speaks of an aromatic plant, uh, a cassia, prized variety of cinnamon. The third daughter was Karen Hapuk, <laughs> a horn of an eye paint, black rouge used to highlight the eyes. Beautiful daughters. In all the land, no women were found so fair as Job's daughters, a picture of the beauty that had come back into his life, the blessing, and their father gave them inheritance among their brothers. And after this, probably uh, however Job was, he may have gotten these additional years, or this could be his total years. Uh, I don't know if it really matters. After this, Job lived 140 years, double the ideal age. You can write down Psalm 90, verse 10. Maybe he lived longer than 140 years. And he saw his sons and his grandsons, four generations. It's always neat to see those generational photos that families take of, uh, you know, great-grandparents that get to see multiple generations. And that was one sign of blessing uh, in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. And Job died an old man full of days. Some of you may be asking, was he healed of his sickness? Yes, he was. He lived another 140 years, so obviously he was healthy again. That's implied in the story. Don't know how all that lifted, but obviously he was made well again. Everything was restored back to Job double. He got his family back. He got his estate back. He was blessed. He saw multiple generations. And I believe on the other side of what we're going through right now, or maybe what you're going through personally that may have nothing to do with the coronavirus, there are blessings on the other side, brethren. There are blessings on the other side of suffering and pain. It seems like the Christian life kind of goes like this. We get blessings and we're so blessed just to be saved and to know God. We suffer because this life has suffering and we get blessed again. And the best is yet to come. Because the blessings we have now and Job had then don't even compare I has not seen nor ear heard or has it even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him and throughout eternity. Ephesians 2, God will be showing us. This is verse 7. Final verse says the preacher. Ephesians 2, 7. In order that the in the ages to come, he might show us their surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us, in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that those blessings are ahead of us. We have so many blessings to celebrate now, but thank you that we can look forward to a time when you will be showing us those blessings and your kindness and grace forever and ever. We're going to be with you. We're going to be with God's people. The curse will be no more. Death will die. Disease will be gone. And we will see our God face to face. What a beautiful promise. What a beautiful guarantee. We have the down payment by the gift of your Holy Spirit. We look forward to what's ahead. And as we persevere and we think about the book of Job, it points us to a God. The book of Job is about you, Lord. It's about a God that is majestic and holy and powerful. But it's about a God who became the ultimate innocent sufferer to take our place at that cross take the wrath, take our suffering, and give us everlasting life. Blessings beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. 
I'm just going to ask you, brethren, as you keep an attitude of prayer and worship that whatever business you need to do with God, whether it's just, Lord, I give you my fear tonight, Lord, I give you my uh, shortcomings, Lord, this sin that's been entangling me, Lord, I give you my life for the first time, uh, whatever your prayer may be, just do a little business with God. Stay in that attitude of worship and let him speak to you about all the love and the blessings that he has for you because he's a good father and he loves you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for this journey in the book of Job and we're so excited about our Bibles and the layers of beauty we find there. May you bless your people. May you keep them persevering. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. You've been listening to Restoration and Blessing, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job Chapter 42. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we'd love to connect with you. It's great to meet our listeners. And hey, not everyone can visit the church here in Corona, California. Although, we recommend that you do. But either way, please connect with Walk in Truth on social media. And thanks. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a partner of at least $5 a month? You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for a special program with Pastor Michael Lance and his son, Pastor Shane Lance, discussing and wrapping up this series in the book of Job. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.